This is my instant reaction to Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Venom, Let There Be Carnage is a sequel to Venom, which is a Sony release that is uh, in association with Marvel. I'm going to give you my very brief and bewildered thoughts about this movie. Bewildered is too strong of a term. Uh, when have you ever known me to be at a loss for words? I am a bit at a loss for words on this one. So here, here's what we're going to do. Let me get some housekeeping out of the way. Because then at the end, I'm going to talk about spoilers. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up here on the podcast. Um, we, If you're not following us on Twitter, at Binge Movies, you are missing out. Now, it's probably a good idea that I would, should have like two separate accounts, right? There should be a Binge Movies, the podcast account, and there should be a Binge Movies, the video store account. I don't have time to live dual lives. I am not an Eddie Brock. I cannot live... Uh, as two separate people. The, the world does not, the universe couldn't handle two Jasons occupying the same space. I think that's one of the rules of physics, right? Two Jasons can't occupy the same space at the same time. It'd be a whole kind of a nightmare situation. So having two uh, Twitter accounts, uh, it would be way too much. So if you're not following us at Binge Movies, then you're missing out on all kind of updates and nifty conversations and uh, the goings on of the daily operations of the video store and behind the scenes in the podcast. You know, there's a lot of people that would charge you money for that. It's called Patreon and we don't charge you money for that. Uh, we just let you know what's going on what we're thinking, what we're planning behind the scenes, look at what it is to run a podcast slash video store for, uh, the last video store in the universe. So, um, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Uh, so we give that away to you, the people, for free. Aren't we just so generous? Aren't we a generous and benevolent podcast host? <laughs> we charge you for other things. Um, so here's what's coming up in the podcast. If you missed it, I completely understand because uh, it's it's kind of crazy and everything's been nuts. But here's what we've got coming up. How does this sound for you? This is Friday, October 1st. You're getting an instant reaction for Venom, Let There Be carnage then on 10 5 october the 5th you're going to be getting an instant reaction to uh no time to die then on 10 12 a week after that state of cinema quarter three uh, with kevin brackett from real spoilers where we talk about a variety of things of what's going on right now capturing a real-time conversation with a hollywood outsider about the industry that we love so much and obsess about then on that same week, okay, we're going to be having a members-only watch-along. We're going to do a live watch-along. We're going to invite those people who have an active monthly membership uh, as part of Binge Movies. It's $3.99 a month. That's what we charge you for. And we're going to watch uh, a movie so bad. It was never released. It's Marvel season again. We've got Venom, which is an association with Marvel. We've got The Eternals. We've got Spider-Man, No Way Home. It's Marvel Mania. After having a brief respite, we have so much Marvel content. We've got What Ifs. We've had Black Widows. 
Now at Binge Movies, we together with our members and a couple special guests, we're going to watch 1994's Fantastic Four. It's going to be a live watch along myself and our guest. We're going to be providing you some live commentary for a film so bad it was never released. Uh, and not even the actors who starred in it realized it was never going to be released. This is a movie that is like a fever dream to children of the 90s. Roger Corman's production company making a Marvel movie when Marvel was facing bankruptcy. Uh, it's, it's really kind of uh, insane. And then at the end of the month, right around Halloween time, we're going to drop two things for you. On 1026, we're going to release our season premiere, which my good friend Paul from The Countdown is going to be joining me. He's coming back. We're ranking the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, and then that same week, Joe from Real Spoilers is going to be joining me, and we're finally going to deliver on volume three of our John Carpenter retrospective, which is John Carpenter's 1990s run. And uh, we're going to, we're, it's, it's, going to be different than the average ranking episode there will be rankings but it's going to be a, a kind of free-flowing conversation that basically is getting down to what the hell happened to john carpenter in the 1990s and we're going to get really granular with it we're going to go into the weeds with it we're going to look at the different history he had at different studios and stuff like that we're going to do a little speculation we're going to deal in a little uh, uh fantasy booking as it were of the career of john carpenter and what we wanted from him and uh, what we got. Of course, we're going to be reviewing a slate of his films, including the cult classic In the Mouth of Madness, right around just in time for spooky season. So that's what we've got coming up in the immediate future, uh, plus uh, some other stuff, too. We're going to have some more instant reactions coming out. Uh, Dune is going to be here before you know it. So a lot of stuff. Make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. If you want a membership and you want to join us for the Fantastic Four Watch Along, live and in person, go to bingemovies.podbean.com and hit get your membership. We will send you a membership card. We'll send you a retro binge movie sticker. Some other miscellaneous stuff. We'll, we'll send you a legit pack of retro movie trading cards. Uh, the membership card will be personalized, addressed to you, and that entitles you to access to our members-only benefits up to and including, don't you love when stores say that, up to and including, uh, you know, seventy up to seventy five percent off. Um, all you have to do is mark one shirt as seventy five percent off. You could say up to, um, <laughs> but up to and including uh, one free feature presentation review. We offer sponsorships for feature presentation reviews and for ranking episodes. Uh, we've got a couple of those in the pipeline as well. If you're like if you're become a member and you don't want to just, you know, have to pay for a feature presentation review, just join our monthly membership program, $3.99 a month. Basically it keeps the show going as every other podcast you listen to begging you for money. The same stuff goes on here. It helps the podcast when computers, soundboards, microphones, and different things die as they do in this industry, we get to replace them. Now transitioning very smoothly over to venom. Let there be carnage. Usually when a movie is fleeting, it's fleeting after the fact. You watch the movie, you enjoy it on a certain level, and then you leave the theater and the movie leaves your mind. And it was a fleeting but pleasant or fleeting but negative or fleeting but ambivalent experience. 
I cannot recall the last time I was watching a movie that I was not absorbing as the movie was happening. I don't know the last time I have been in a theater, or as my father would say, a theater. I don't know the last time I was in a theater sitting there in front of a giant XD screen, which is Cinemark's knockoff IMAX, in the dead center of the theater with other people. And we sat there in utter silence. The 90 minutes this film ran is very, very brief. And we sat there and the movie was just bouncing off of me. I have never experienced a movie like you can experience it at home because you have distractions. You've got your phone, you got your kids, you got your wife, you got your husband, you you got your significant other, you got your responsibilities, you you're, you're, you've got your job, you got, you know, you're cooking dinner, you've got access to other content. So if a movie or show doesn't really grab you, in the back of your head, you know that you can just kind of grab your Amazon remote or tell Alexa to change the channel. You have a sense that you're not locked in. You're not committed. When you've spent $13 in a movie and it's the only thing in a very, very dark room full of highly infectious COVID patients and you know that you're risking your life to be there, you're committed, buddy. You're committed, pal. So I'm committed. I'm sitting here open-minded watching this movie and I, for the first 15 minutes, my brain was just trying to adjust to what it was that was happening. I could barely understand what Venom was saying throughout the first 15 minutes of the film. And I really had no idea what the connection, what the plot, you know, between multiple characters were. And it was, nothing stuck with me from scene to scene. I'm like, wait, what? It was like, it was like being disoriented. It was like waking up from a dream, from a nap you didn't intend to take. It's like waking up when you fall asleep on the couch and you're like, wait, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon and you wake up and it's 5.30. That's what this movie was. It was a 90-minute unexpected mental nap. And you get up and you're disoriented because you don't know where the time went. And that's exactly what this movie was. I saw things, and I'm pretty sure they actually happened on the screen. But I'm not 100% certain. I heard things, but I couldn't tell you if I was dreaming or, or awake. I couldn't tell you if I was conscious or in slumber. I couldn't tell you if it was in this world or another. I, I don't know. Did I imagine it? Did I actually see a movie this afternoon with a lot of other man children? I don't know. I know that there were no children in attendance, which kind of makes sense based on the time that I saw it. But this is a movie for eight-year-old boys in 1995. It just so happens to have the special effects of really high-end television shows from 2021. It is so odd. It is such an odd thing. You know, I am, uh, I guess, a Venom fan. I grew up in the 90s. I know who Spawn is. I know who Todd McFarlane is. I, uh, yeah, Venom seemed like the coolest stuff in the world, in 1995 and then i played maximum carnage uh, on the super nintendo um i don't think i ever had maximum carnage i might have um but i definitely played it quite a bit i definitely rented it from a local video safari or blockbuster uh depending on where you're at by that point the mom and pops were pretty much dead um and so you know okay it makes sense to have carnage in a movie with venom um it makes sense to cast woody harrelson 
as Cassidy because Cassidy is a psychopath. And they're definitely doing a little bit of like a natural born killers kind of a thing. Uh, obviously very, very toned down. And that's tone is an interesting thing. This I, sometimes you can say, okay, this is less a movie and more of a premise. This really isn't even that. This is less of a premise and more of an idea. And there are cursory plot points that happen. All of the cursory, all of the, the needed elements to make a film, to tell a story, are here. But they're given the most fleeting, lackadaisical sort of treatment. We have long, long, ostensibly monologue scenes between Tom Hardy and Venom throughout most of the first quarter of this movie. And keep in mind, this is like a 90-minute film. So there's at least the first 20, 30 minutes. It's like intercutting between this weird, clandestine, unexplained relationship that Cassidy, Woody Harrelson, has with Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. There's a certain point, it's a kind of a brief spoiler, where a, the local newscast breaks in repeatedly throughout this movie in the worst kind of movie tropey way. But a, a local newscaster breaks in, a man on the scene, a reporter, to tell us that Eddie Brock's career is finally back on track and he's back on top. Why is that a news story? Why is that a news story? They tell us Eddie is down as luck when the movie begins, okay? His life seems no different than the last time we saw him, minus a, a couple of things. But it seems really like he's gone nowhere since the first film. Nothing has happened to him one way or the other. But he's really down as luck, I guess. A series of events happens in the seriously in the most cursory way. Cut to a scene... Something happens. There's a guy on the news is like, well, he's back on top. I swear to God. And then he's back on top and nothing in his life has changed. Nothing is different. Eddie Brock hailed a hero. By who? We never see that he's hailed a hero. Okay. There's an exchange between him and Carnage. I'm not sure, or, or Cassidy rather. I'm not really sure why that exchange happened. Don't get it. It's a plot point, but they don't really explain it. There's no reason for him to be there. I, I, there's the most basic reason for him to be there for the inciting incident to happen. These are non-spoilers because all this stuff is in the trailer. Then there's a whole carnage subplot which seems like it was very very much cut down it's either they didn't film enough or they filmed too much and they've given us basically just enough movie <laughs> to get us to feature length and that's that's essentially it and i think the movie will work for you on the level of are you charmed by venom do you find venom funny that's basically it. There is a more, it feels like it's been plotted out like a 90s superhero movie. And that's my biggest marquee re review. This is a 90s movie masquerading as a 2021 movie. 
There's not a lot of story here. There's not a lot of, yeah, okay, there's this thing happens. And the scenes are very brief and it's cut very weird and it's edited weird. And wherever they've cut something out and there would have been more dialogue to help us make sense of what's happening, they just ADR a line from Venom or from Woody Harrelson or from Naomi Harris or from uh, whoever they need to. Like The screen will cut black and it'll fade to black or something like that. Then they'll ADR a line over top of it as sort of tape and glue to get us to the next scene. And they do this repeatedly. It is one of the most oddly edited major release films I've seen in a long time. I don't know. It, it almost feels like they, they, they made a lot more of a movie and none of it worked or major portions of it didn't work. And when they got done getting rid of the parts that hadn't really work or that was maybe too graphic or too, too cartoony or too funny or too dumb, you know, that when they, cut, when they cut all that stuff away or too boring in somebody's mind, when they cut all that stuff away, they barely had a mo- uh, feature length film. And it's, it's more or less, it feels like an episode of a cartoon. You know, if this was Wildcats or Ultra Force with, with, uh, Venom saying fuck a couple of times and shit and asshole and pussy and all this sort of stuff. Uh, which again, that's like something a good eight-year-old boy in 1995 would find funny. My theater, rate the movie, not the audience, but my theater didn't laugh. There was a couple of chuckles at a couple of scenes. That was basically it. And I can't really tell you what happened in this movie or why it happened. Nothing has given any time to breathe the 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 most rudimentary logic is supplied to us it's all story spackle just for a series of events to happen and i can't even say it's to get us to where this movie ends because i don't know if that's true that there's an ending it feels pretty tacked on it feels pretty abrupt and I don't really get it and then there's obviously a uh, after credit kind of a thing all these movies have this now and that's not really attached to anything that happens in this particular film and so it's very odd it is just a very odd film I cannot sit here and tell you it's bad I cannot sit here and tell you that it's good I can only say that your mileage will vary. So if you're looking for a recommendation from me, I would say, I think this is a home video watch. I don't think there's enough to this in any sense of the word to justify going to the theater. My only argument could be, I know in parts of the world, we're heading into fall, the Western hemisphere at least, and it can get cold and rainy in some places. If it's a cold, rainy, dreary day and you're just looking to waste 90 minutes or you're in between doctor's appointments or something, you know, you're on an extended lunch break, I suppose this is fine. It's fine. I can't tell you that I enjoyed it. I can't tell you that I, it didn't draw my ire. I didn't hate it. Um, it's, it's being much better reviewed than the first film. And I think that that has more to do with expectations set. I think 
that people at this point, after seeing the first film, know tonally what this movie is. And the movie kind of doubles down on the zaniness of the first film. Um, but it really makes no attempt to tell you a story. <laughs> it's like, you know, some movies are a series of events that happen. I don't even know if this is that. This is threadbare. And I, I, I it didn't bother me that it was threadbare because it, it, at least it didn't drone on and on and on. Like a lot of movies do. Two hours and 46 minutes to tell a, a movie about comic book characters is kind of unnecessary for most comic books, right? Most comic books are not uh, like Sandman or something. Neil Gaiman or, uh, uh, yeah, or the like, you know, didn't write most of these things. So, I, I it's it was reminiscent of The Mask meets Batman Forever meets Natural Born Killers meets the 90s is a decade. That's what I tweeted. It's just like the 90s. That's what that's kind of what it feels like. It's just very odd. The cast feels very small. Um, it's very strange. It doesn't, it, it, none of these events seem to exist in a world that makes any sense whatsoever. There, there's no broader implications to the world around them. I, I just, I don't know. It, it, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe it. So at this point, it's a thumb in the middle. I don't know. It's not a recommend. It's not a skip. It's just sort of like it is what it is. I, <laughs> it's not a good review, but this is, like a, this is like an impossible movie to review because there's not enough to it to like it or hate it. So from this point forward, it's spoilers. Um, if you do not want to know how the movie ends or some big major deals, plot points that happen in the movie. Do not listen. Okay. You have been warned from, it's going to be probably another three minutes of me talking about spoilers. So I'm going to talk about spoilers in three, two, one. Spoiler time. Some critics have already ruined this. It's all over the internet and the marketing campaign couldn't be more obvious with one of the tagline taglines, the universe is expanding at the end of this movie at the, they go to um, somewhere, Mexico, Hawaii. I don't know. They go to the beach because Venom wants to feel the sand on his toes. I shit you not. And so Venom and Eddie are on a beach uh, enjoying the sunshine, thinking about what the hell their next plans are going to be. What are they going to do next? And that's how the movie ends. Cut back to they're in their cabana. They're in their, uh, resort they're in their hotel room and they're watching a telenovela and they're talking about the plot points it's like semi-comical i didn't laugh but it's a comical venom's really into telenovelas because they're in mexico or whatever and um venom they're talking about something something how it comes up about like Venom is, you know, this alien from a distant galaxy that's millions of years old or has lived for light years or whatever, right? And because he's a part of the hive, he's got this like hive mind, which has this sort of infinite cosmic intelligence because it's anything, any symbiote anywhere throughout all time. And he says universes as experience, they all share a similar consciousness. So he's just got unlimited knowledge. 
And maybe they're arguing about who's smarter or whatever. Oh, no, they're, they're arguing about uh, in telenovelas, people keep secrets. And so Eddie's like, you know, if Adam's like, everybody has their secrets, Eddie. Everybody has their secrets, Eddie. <laughs> so uh, Tom Hardy's like, you're keeping secrets from me? And he's like, I haven't told you because your puny human brain couldn't handle it. But I've got a universe of knowledge or universes, plural, of knowledge. And he's like, okay, all right. Like, you, like, he's like, your brain would melt. He's like, nah, tell me what you got. Show me what you got. He's like, okay. And he starts like flip-flopping around and like downloading this knowledge in his head of the universes, the symbiote hive knowledge. And something happens when this occurs, which may be related or unrelated to that download. But Eddie and Venom swap universes. And they go into the MCU Spider-Man universe. And it's the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. Where J. Jonah Jameson reveals that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And Venom immediately stands up and looks at the TV and licks the TV. He's like, that guy. And that's it. That's it. And then there's like a little gag because because he's in a different universe. He's in the same room, different universe. And so some guy comes out and goes like, what are you doing in my hotel room? And that's how it ends. And there's that's a mid-credit scene. There's no after-credit scene. What are we to gather from this? Did somehow that process cause them to leap into another universe? Was that the snap? Was it something from Eternals? It seems to be that it might be the spell that was cast uh, or is going to be cast by Doctor Strange that like destabilizes the multiverse. Whatever it is, because one of the things that Marvel's doing is there's all these events that are happening that are sort of coincidentally happening around the time. You have the Kang stuff that happened in Loki and with uh, Sylvie, and you have the WandaVision stuff from uh, from WandaVision, but from what Wanda did. You have what's going to be happening in Spider-Man. You have What If. So they're really like planting the seeds of any of these characters could be responsible for this shift in the multiverse or the the opening of the multiverse up to and including now venom that maybe by him doing this somehow it's opened uh but venom's like what the hell is that what the hell was that where are we where are we eddie like you know we're not he somehow knows they're not in their original dimension or whatever uh universe and that's it so now you know they've already alluded to it because vulture showed up at the end of the first one so it's not really a, a, a didn't he so how's that going to make sense? Was that a different vulture? Am I making that up? Didn't vulture appear at the end of Venom? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. But now Eddie Brock and Venom from Sony Pictures is officially in the MCU continuity. What are they going to do with that? Because they're on this bridge contract between the two properties, the two studios. I've got no clue whatsoever. And I really kind of don't care. I don't. Why does Venom want to eat Spider-Man? I don't have any idea. Um, but th- there we are, right? So I imagine what they're going to set up is they're they're setting up the Spider Verse and the Multiverse, and I would imagine that Sony wants to have the option of being able to kind of make movies in a continue to make movies in, in closer association with Marvel 
would be able to kind of tell their own stories because you can always say, well, it's happening in another universe, right? If they're both in agreement, well, this is happening in the Spider-Verse over here. And, you know, and maybe Tom Holland appears in Marvel Prime movies as Peter Parker. Or, and then maybe he also appears in Sony, more Sony exclusive Spider-Man properties. Uh, whatever. I think they're going to still get their Sinister Six movie would be my guess. I think, I think what they're going to try to do is what didn't work with the Amazing Spider-Man, but they're going to do it in conjunction with Marvel to greater or lesser degrees. Am I excited to buy what I saw? Um, it looked very cheap. It very, it looked very, very, very cheap. It looked like a, a very poorly rendered kind of. They they sort of just paste on footage from Far From Home on the screen and put like a really bad Chiron on the screen and and it's just you'll if you see it you'll see what I mean. It just didn't look all that good. So uh, it's something I guess I don't know. I mean I I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on the movie because you, you again what I would say. With all of this, is your mileage may vary. You may go with low expectations and think it's a laugh riot and what a hoot and it was just so fun and it didn't take itself serious. How refreshing and yada yada. I saw it more as uh, kind of a waste of time. You know, it's harmless because it shows short and the first movie set the precedent for the stakes being pretty low for these movies. But this is... Neither bad nor good. It just simply exists, <laughs> which is the weirdest position to put a movie in. So those are my thoughts on Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I want to hear your thoughts. You can email the show at bingemovies at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at bingemovies. Make sure you follow us on Letterbox, letterbox.com backslash bingemovies. Until next time. Enjoy.